It's good to be here with you all this morning. Our scripture that uh, works with our, whoa, it's not in Titus. That is the wrong marker. It's in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and we're going to read through 23 through 25 this morning. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's good to be with you in person and those that are online or will view some of the worship later this week. And I wanna start out by saying, this is not a sermon about how you need to get back into the church building, okay? I have preached this in that way many times, but not today. It's good to be with all of you to love God together this morning. Um, as a district superintendent, I don't preach very much. It's my role to come and support your preacher and uh, listen to them, um, those kind of things. So I'm really grateful for the privilege. Before we get too far into the sermon, I wanna thank all of you because I watch all the good things that you do online. I think the latest thing I saw was gathering up all the beverages and refreshing things, maybe snacks too for Haven House. Okay, and over the years, the, the international missions, things that may have gotten curtailed a little bit with the Great Plague, but the uh, lots of different ways that you support one another. And also, thank you for supporting Pastor David's time off. He may get mad at me for saying this, but he's a little bit stubborn when it comes to taking his time off. So uh, I think you all are already spurring one another to love and good deeds. I want to start with a confession. If I'm going to just sit down and read through scripture for, you know, to just to love God with that scripture, to look for the way Jesus is speaking to me or the Holy Spirit's inspiring, I usually don't go to Hebrews. First of all, because even though I got my very own first Bible in 1968 from my grandmother for Christmas, I still all these years have to stop and say, Hebrews, Hebrews Old Testament, wait a minute, Hebrews is a book in the New Testament. So that's kind of embarrassing. It still takes me a while to find it. And the other thing that I encounter is when you're reading through, uh, it's kind of like when my husband and daughter and I took a trip to the Dakotas and it's green and it's pretty. And then all of a sudden, like we went over this little ridge and we're in the Badlands. Like we have landed on the lunar landscape to me of scriptures when we get into Hebrew. However, there's some sections that we may have heard of and some very, very famous ones, shall I say. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the definite faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And also, Hebrews has the list. Sometimes we hear it around Thanksgiving or maybe All Saints Day. Person after person after person, some names that we know if, if we've been able to read some scripture, some that we've never heard of, but all of those names and in those names, 
is the encouragement. Be encouraged. Look at these examples. They're superheroes to help you because they too have had some hard times and they've had some interesting uh, adventures in the life of faith. Sometimes they didn't know where to go or what they were doing and they just had to believe that God had their back. One author in explaining why Hebrews was written says we should look at the giants of faith in the Hebrew Bible, which are named in the book of Hebrews, as examples of how to live despite persecutions. And now we get to explore this passage for today. This is not simply about get into a church building. It's saying, hey, folks, yeah, you're going to get into a church building. You're going to gather online. You're going to comment in the comments on the live stream. But it, there's a so what to that. It, and, and it is to offer our worship to God and our praise. But there's also an effect. So looking at today's passage in different, different types of uh, Bibles or translations, I found words like spur, Stir, provoke, inspire, spark. Uh, think of ways to motivate one another. And then for the competitive among us, outdo one another, okay? To love and good deeds. Anyone here been stirred up about anything lately? Okay. You know, it could be, I mean, for me, it was very tiny this morning, but my heart got stirred up when I almost hit a turkey on Manchester. Uh, I was looking for tall deer and it was a short turkey. Um, but there's a lot of things right now that provoke us or stir us up. So it's a very timely passage. One old time preacher, he used the example that to stir each other up is like stirring up a hornet's nest. I thought that was pretty negative, especially since earlier this summer, I've got one of those little plastic things that you put your extra junk in out in the yard. It's got a little lid that lifts up and doors that go like this, about this high. Well, I went out to get something and I wasn't thinking and I just popped it open for the first time in the summer and I literally, for the first time in my life, got in a hornet's nest. And I mean, oh Lord, they stung me everywhere. They were stinging my face and my head and my arms and my chest and my legs. I mean, it, they, it was just, uh, it was awful. And then everywhere they stung me, it began to throb. And then if I, it got itchy. And if you began to itch it, anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? Then it began to throb and hurt again in big old places came up that almost looked like bruises. Now, that's a pretty violent imagery for stirring each other up. But I can tell you that when I stirred them up, I was stirred up and I got to move on, okay? <laughs> and I got active and busy in everything that I needed to take care of that. So what are you stirring up? What are you stirring up? I hope we're not being hornet's nests to the world or to each other because that doesn't have much of a resemblance to the great cloud of witnesses. 
uh, much less Jesus Christ. But the things that we're called to stir up and what Hebrews reminds us is we are to stir up the good stuff. We're to stir up the Jesus stuff. We take the name of Christian for a reason. We're to stir up the Jesus stuff with one another. The Holy Spirit stuff. We'll let the world have all the other stuff that it can stir up. And yeah, sometimes we get into it too. But we're to stir up the good stuff. The really good stuff. In the translation that I study for today, it said, it began with the word, therefore. So you're sitting there, therefore. Okay, so that means that all the stuff just above it is the reason for why I should stir other people up to good things and to love. And that is where there is another treasure in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews has, just before this 10th, and basically uh, maybe 9th and 10th chapter, it talks about Jesus. Jesus is the great so what and the great why of everything that we do. And he's reminding everyone, do you know? Do you remember? Can you see what a gift we have in Jesus? Because before there were, there were priests that had to stay away from God even, maybe once a year through the Holy of Holies. But then here comes Jesus to kind of correct and guide and not only talk to us, but to show us the closest thing our human brains can figure out about what it's like to be like God. And the response that we have when we realize we can have an intimate and close relationship with God. Now, I might love sitting and talking and praying with Pastor Greg, but you know, I could do it on my car on the way home today too. I, I don't, as much as I would appreciate his counsel and his wisdom, I can approach, as they say, approach the throne of God because of what Jesus has done. And both not only the intimate relationship, but invited us to be a part of the things of God here and now. I think it was uh, the gentleman that's going to lead the Bible study. And there's a part, I think, where he said, it's not just about us getting into heaven, but getting heaven into us. Because Jesus says the kingdom, the kingdom is at hand. Right now, there are some amazing uh, benefits, joys. Open your eyes and be what all of heaven is going to be like right now. Limited capacity, I understand. Lots of distractions. But we're not just in a holding pattern or a waiting pattern. We are participating in not just the probabilities of the promises of God, but actually the execution, the living out, they're not only possible, but they're probable. God makes a way for us to catch a glimpse of the kingdom life, and that's gonna turn all the powers and the principalities away as Jesus shows us the way. And in the life of Jesus, we get our why, Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Why do I want to worship God? Why do I want to give my tithes and offerings? Why do I think that it's important that we pay attention to people at Haven House or the school that you all are involved with? Because 
Not only does Jesus love me, but Jesus loves them and we become an us. I also love how this passage keeps us from being selfish. Because it, you know, I'm here this morning, they sang one of my favorite songs. I remember hearing my grandma sing at the first service and I could just go home and just have my own little joy, my own little stuff. But then I wouldn't even listen to my own sermon, right? Because I'm here, we're here to praise God together. And the writer of Hebrews says, guess what? You have a call, not just to say, well, I should do this, but to look at someone else and help them recognize and understand or see something in their life that they could not see themselves. Our bishop calls it the I see in you. And remember, when it is something that God has put in the promise of your life that is in you as the image of God within you, it is not a boring to-do list that you have to grit your teeth and say, well, by God, somebody's got to do it. It is a joy and it is a freedom. It's the rally cry, the pep talk, the marching orders, the to-do list, the to-be list. And we call it out in one another. That is a privilege. Consider one another, think of one another, focus on someone else, study each other, let your mind be occupied by each other for good. And the goal of that focus is to stir one another up to love and good deeds, to spur one another on. Four Saturday nights ago, um, a tornado hit Bering, Missouri. Do any of you know where Bering, Missouri is? I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see if you're <laughs> raising your hand or not. But anyway, Bering, Missouri is in our district, but there isn't a United Methodist church in that town. But it hit the town hard. It tore up the senior citizen housing. Thanks be to God, there were no deaths. Some injuries, but, but suddenly there's nowhere to live. There's nothing to, uh, no way to cook. They don't have any clothes. So the Knox County Parish, three itty-bitty churches, okay, Probably those two churches don't have as many on Sunday as, as these two sections of Living Word today on a holiday weekend. But they opened up their clothing pantry and like threw the rules out and started making sure that people had clothes. And then they began to work with the Red Cross and they kept each other going. It's hard. There's a lot of junk. I mean, if you've ever been in one of those disaster situations, just the pure trash and junk and horror that you have to clean up and the mess. And, and then as the Red Cross was helping them, Missouri annual conference got a call that said, we've got somebody that will fly uh, flood buckets, fly cleanup buckets to Kirksville from Columbia, and then somebody else needs to pick them up or from somewhere here in the state. They flew them to Kirksville. Somebody else, probably a farmer with a truck or a trailer, and they picked up those, you know, 50-some buckets of cleaning supplies and sanitary supplies and bleach and managed to get it up to Little Bering, Missouri. And the Mennonites Disaster Relief Group showed up. And then Little Adina, they came to him and said, we've got a lot of volunteers that are here. Can you feed 175 people? Uh... 
You know, and they're thinking, well, the answer should be yes, but we're not sure how we could get to yes. Didn't have money, didn't have the capacity as far as volunteers, didn't have food, all that. But they, you know, gulp. And they said, yes, we will. And then as soon as they said yes, without knowing what was going on, the nearest grocery store called and said, we've got a bunch of huge hams. We want to send them all over if you're going to be feeding people. And so loaves and fishes, loaves and fishes, some really good stuff got stirred up. Oh, and by the way, they also were able to uh, feed 75 on the next time they were asked to feed. Adam Hamilton, the pastor of the Church of the Resurrection, United Methodist Church, he puts it this way. Here's something to think about. What effect do you have on the people you hang out with? Do they want to be more and better to live selfless and sacrificially because they were with you? Do they desire to be more Christian or less in your presence? And I add myself, do they think better of Jesus and the church with a capital C or less? because of us. I'm not talking about, he says, being preachy or holier than thou towards them, but by you humbly sharing the things that you've done in service to Christ, in urging your friends in ways that will help them grow. Hey, we're going we're gonna to do this. Why don't you come along with us? Hey, I'm going to sign up for the, the Bible study. You ever thought about going to one? I'd be glad to swing by and pick you up. There isn't a single one of us that doesn't have the inborn capacity to do good for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You can provoke others to love and good deeds. And when you get a little weary and you get a little tired, when it's a Labor Day weekend and you could have... I don't know, been at some kind of festival. You could be in bed eating bagels and reading the newspaper on your iPad. But you chose to be here. Think of that word, therefore. And when you're spurring one another on to good deeds and to love as an action verb, it's always what came before, which is what Jesus has done for all of us. So, what are you going to stir up this week? Can't wait to find out. Amen.